Hello, good morning. I am Pastor Edward Bangwe from Good Shepherd Evangelical Lutheran Church in Rhodes Park, Lusaka. Today is Palm Sunday and I welcome you all to this worship service. Let us begin this service with a prayer. We praise you, O God, for the great acts of love by which you have redeemed us through your Son, Jesus Christ. As he was acclaimed by those who scattered their clothes and branches of palm in his way, so may we always hail him as our King and follow him with perfect confidence, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our text this morning is from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 19, verses 28 through 40. Luke, chapter 19, verses 28 through 40. I read the text. After Jesus had said this, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. As he approached Bethgate and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find a coat tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Tell him the Lord needs it. Those who were sent ahead went and found it just as he had told them. As they were untying the coat, its owners asked them, Why are you untying the coat? They replied, The Lord needs it. They brought it to Jesus through their cloaks on the court and put Jesus on it. As he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. When he came near the places where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the King who who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. This is the word of God for consideration on this Palm Sunday. Friends in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, I know that as we celebrate Palm Sunday, mostly we are supposed to talk about Jesus, and that is what we will do. But first, let us consider some of the other participants in the historical account of Palm Sunday. For the first small group, it's a little difficult because we don't know their names and we don't know 
much of anything at all about them, except for a few words here in the Gospel of Luke. So we will simply call them the owners, because that's what God inspired the Luke to call them. As much as we can, though, let us try to put ourselves in their shoes. Just imagine that it's a day like any other day, and you get ready to leave your home at your normal time, and you make your way to your vehicle. How would you react if, as you walk to your garage, or out to the driveway where you always park your car, and then there happened to be a stranger opening the door and settling into the driver's seat, your driver's seat. Now, some of us might have no idea what to do. People will react differently. Maybe we would run back in the house and try to call the police. That would probably be a wise thing to do in such a situation. But let us just say, for the sake of the illustration, that you have the composure or the courage to keep it together and ask that individual, what are you doing? That is my car. Why are you there? What are you trying to do? And then that intruder does something strange. He simply smiles and says to you, the Lord needs it. How do you react then? Now, on that first Palm Sunday, there is a chance that Jesus had already known the owners of the donkey, and maybe they had even prearranged this signal so that the owners could trust whoever come for the donkey. But in the end, we don't even have the owner's reaction to those words. No way. We are not told any reaction other than that they let the disciples take the young coat because at that moment, all that mattered was that the Lord needs it. The Lord needed a donkey. Now we may ask a question, why? Well, we hear one big reason in some words of prophecy that were written many years before in the book of Zechariah chapter 9. Maybe you remember hearing them too, most likely as an Old Testament reading on a Palm Sunday. Let me try to read some of the verses. See your king comes to you, righteous and having salvation, gentle and riding on a donkey, on a cot, the fall of a donkey. God had spoken those words through the prophet almost 600 years before the first Palm Sunday. And now, this moment was the exact time for those words to be fulfilled in Jesus Christ. So when Jesus says, the Lord needs it, he is talking about a whole lot more than just a donkey. He is talking about God's eternal plan 
of salvation for sinners. And that brings us to some of the other participants. Verse 36, as he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. When he came near the place where the road goes down to the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. Friends in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, here we see another group of people. And it's a bit easier for us to identify with the crowds on Palm Sunday. Like those were crowds, we know that Jesus can do great things. Like those crowds, we know that Jesus can do miracles. Like those crowds on that first Palm Sunday, we consider ourselves Jesus' disciples, his followers, in a world where there are still many who refuse to acknowledge Jesus, much less even to follow him. There is another way that we are like the people in those crowds. And this one is not so complimentary. We share their thoughts. Maybe we are sometimes tempted to see Jesus as something different from something less than who and what Jesus really is. Here is what I mean, friends. When it comes to the shouts of acclamation from the crowds, God's word gives us just a little bit of insight as to their motivation. The author of Luke says, the whole crowds of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Now, on the one hand, they were giving credit where credit was due. They were praising God and praising Jesus because they had made the connection between the kinds of things Jesus had done and also the prophecies God had given regarding the Messiah King that God was going to send his people. But there is a very good chance that many of them wanted far less what the Lord needed to do for them. So many of them wanted a better life without Roman oppression. Maybe they wanted a king who could provide them with peace, who could give them prosperity and hope for the rest of their lives. They wanted a king who could heal their sick and lessen their burden and take away their pains. Like we so often do, they couldn't help but focus on the short term. Here's another way to think about it, to put yourself in their shoes. Let us just say that Jesus walked into church this morning. If you could ask him for one thing, what would it be? Some of us don't have to think 
that hard. Because we have spent plenty of time in our prayer lives, weekly, monthly, every year, asking him to fix our messes, asking him to plead with him to heal our pains, to heal the illnesses, and also waiting for him to help us make difficult choices before us. But what do we really need, friends? Palm Sunday is a big day. It is a very important day. It's the beginning of the Holy Week. But in some ways, it's a world away from the end of the Holy Week. So let us all take a moment to realize that Palm Sunday is nothing to rejoice about without Good Friday. Jesus needed more than a donkey to be our savior. Jesus needed to humbly fulfill the grave mission his father set before him. He needed the cross. He needed the empty tomb. And only in the fulfillment of those promises do we look to our king and have both the humility and the confidence to cry out to him, Hosanna, Lord, save us, as those people cried on that first Palm Sunday. And if we realize our need for a savior, only then can we rightly praise our Lord and King. Therefore, we need exactly what Jesus needed to do for us. To take yourself, so take yourself out of the crowd and have one-on-one -on -one moment with the Savior. And think about this. Jesus wants more for you than worldly success. Jesus wants more for you than a fun weekend and a peaceful Saturday Jesus wants more for you than a life that revolves around Jesus. Jesus wants more for you than a good job with great salary and a luxurious lifestyle. Jesus wants more for you than to have your dreams and everything for retirement. Jesus wants more for you than to be so healthy that you take each day for granted. Jesus wants more for you than to be looked up to and liked by everyone around you. Jesus wants more for you because Jesus wants you to realize that through faith in him, you get to share in his victory, share in his glory, share in his forgiveness and freedom that the most certainly accomplished for you. That's why he needed the donkey. That's why he rode into Jerusalem. That's why he set aside the miracles and embraced the rejection. He embraced the cross and the grave. Why? He did that to take away your sins and my sins. To make you his own. 
to save you as your humble king, to bring you healing from your guilt and your failures and your disappointment, to bring you to lasting joy and contentment because you have all you need in him, and also finally to bring you to his heavenly kingdom, free from fear of death and all the power and influence of the world. Until then, friends, Jesus wants you to share in his mission to save sinners. You can't save a single soul, of course, on your own, but you can invite a friend, you can invite a neighbor, you can invite a workmate, you can invite a fellow student with you this coming week so that they see the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. You can't convert a person who is not a believer, but you can share the message of Jesus through which the Holy Spirit works to bring lost sinners to faith in Jesus Christ. As long as you live, you get to show to share in the mission of Jesus, who lives to seek and save the lost, just like he did for us. That is a divine purpose that we can carry out as a church and as individuals. Secondly, only to the divine purpose Jesus fulfilled during Holy Week. It's so much more than we could have chosen for ourselves. But in this gracious calling, in our relationship with him by faith, it is all yours. Today, friends, in the Lord Jesus Christ, let us not keep quiet. Let us all rejoice that the Lord did what he needed to do to save all of us and to save others. He is exactly the Lord and the King that we need. Amen. Let us close with a prayer. Lord Jesus, you are a King of heaven and earth. We join the first Palm Sunday worshippers in praising and glorifying you for coming to this earth to be our Savior. Though you are one with God the Father and Lord of all, you humbled yourself and became one with us. Thanks be to you for living a life of perfect conformity to God's law in our place. Praise be to you for being obedient to death, even death on a cross, all so that you came to redeem us from our sins. Lord Jesus, you are the King over all the earth. Bless the nations of this world with wise rulers and good government. Let peace prevail. Grant success to the businesses and industries of our land to serve for the common good. Cause all employers to be honest and fair-minded and all employees to be diligent and faithful. Look with favor on our nation's schools. Be with those who teach and those who learn. Comfort the sick and the afflicted 
with the assurance of your care and protection, strengthen the faith of those people who are dying. Dear Savior, as we walk with you this holy week towards Calvary, keep us focused on your purpose for coming into this world and on our calling to spread this wonderful message of salvation. We thank you in your name. Amen.